0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I'm Turner, and I'm joining the studio with Rosie. Hey, what's up? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we got a great podcast for you. We do. We do. And uh, before we get into that, though, we it's time for a baby update. This is our baby update. So, for those of you that are new to the podcast, or maybe it's your first time ever listening, first of all, welcome. I'm glad you're listening. We... Our podcast is pregnant. We are at... How many weeks pregnant are we? 12. We're 12 weeks pregnant right now. And so we're doing an update every week on the progress of our beautiful pregnancy of our little podcast.
1: To uh, basically emphasize, you know, it's still a baby. It's a baby at the first week, the first moment. Yeah. And it continues to be a baby. So we're 12 weeks pregnant. Our baby is as big as a plum. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, we're the last week of the third month of pregnancy, so we'll be three months pregnant around the time of, right now, wow. 12 weeks. Yeah. It's basic math. <laughs> um, there is a bunch of gross stuff that happens to women that I'm not going to go into. Okay. Um, but uh, the pregnancy is officially a baby bump, so you can finally start see to see a baby. That's awesome. Um,
0: we got a gender yet? Do we know what we're...
1: Not yet. Okay.
0: Pretty soon, though, should be able to find out that.
1: Yeah, we'll find out what the gender is, and we'll reveal it. Our little plum. Well, little yeah. plum baby. So it's a plum. It actually looks like a baby. If you look at the ultrasound, Yeah, it looks like a baby. So it's stopping looking like an alien now. Yeah. Cool.
0: Well,
2: it looks like an <laughs> alien baby.
0: <laughs> I always would get, I would always, my wife would get mad when we were pregnant. I mean, that, that looks like. That's a baby. That's a baby. That's a little yeah. human, yeah. Yeah. So this is 12 weeks. So, so just Google 12-week uh, baby yeah Tw- no 12 week so fetus 12 week f- <laughs> clump of cells <laughs> at 12 weeks <laughs> we are vehemently pro-life by the way if so that's listening. why we do it so yeah. walk you through the stages of a pregnancy yeah every week just the awareness of, of what's happening so still a baby still can't kill it still can't kill it that's right so all right so we got a great podcast today and if you're hearing that music you know what that means Oh, yeah.
2: Dude,
0: turn up the bass if you're in your car. This is like one of my greatest remixes. I love this. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I wish I would have made it. <laughs> uh, you only like it because you don't like because it it's an Apple. Uh, That's true. It's an iPhone. Uh, ringtone. Ringtone. But, so we have a special guest on the podcast today. We do. It it's, is. It's your buddy. You know my him. buddy. Yeah. Is Kyle
1: this- Morris. He is a contributor. uh it, news reporter for Breitbart news. Yeah. So he's super legit, you know, another one of my political buddies and, uh, it's not going to be all politics. So we do
2: get into some
1: (laughs) cool stuff at the end. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Kyle. Well, before we do that, we totally forgot. Oh, what do you know, man? Oh, Hey, (laughs) yeah. My, did you know? Hey, did you know, that Britney Spears's music was used by the British Navy to scare off Somali pirates. <laughs>
3: what? Yeah. How?
1: So it says, uh, "Oops, I did it again," and "Baby, one more time" are being employed by the British naval officers in an attempt to scare off pirates along the east coast of Africa. So they just how? blast it. Listen but how does that work? Listen to this. Listen to this quote. Uh, by a merchant naval officer as soon as the pirates get a blast of britney they move on as quickly as they can
0: <laughs> you think that it's because they think it's american music it's americans and they
1: don't want to have trouble or i don't know i think that it's just terrible <laughs> it scares them i don't know it's britney beep <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there you go i don't know <laughs> that's a great that's a great did you know i like that yeah one. so the, you know I guess they're not intimidated by guns because they assume they're going to have guns. You know, a naval ship. Most people have guns. Right. Dude, <laughs> it's crazy. If you ever want to go into wasting a bunch of hours, yeah, go on YouTube and look up uh, mercenaries shooting like defending ships from Somali pirates. Oh, yeah. They're they just have like these you know mercenary guys that that you know ships hire yeah. and. They just stand on the side, and when pirates come up, they just like engage and. Dude, that would be a fun job. It would be a fun
0: job if you didn't get seasick. It'd be fun. Yeah, we'd put up a big old Barrett, you know. 50 yeah, cow. there's
1: dudes with shooting everything <laughs> at them. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of Russians that <laughs> yeah. do it. oh yeah, yeah I bet. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, those are crazy. You get addicted. They're so cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be. I don't awesome. think they actually kill anybody. You know, they just shoot around. You're them. shooting bullets at them. We just shoot around them. Yeah, I yeah. just don't want to condone what. People watching people uh, right. get killed. I've never seen anyone that actually hits people. They just shoot around, you know, like in front, right. scare them off. Yeah, but yeah. Basically but like warning. Like, hey, yeah, we're, yeah. we're armed and yeah. if you come
0: near you. You can't just shoot people. Right. Well, Anyways. it is open waters. I mean, I don't, know, I, don't know <laughs> what the, I don't know what
1: the laws are. <laughs> There's no law. There's no law in the open sea. <laughs> no law. The... Anyways. Arrgh. All right, man. Anyways, yeah, here is the inner, heart, our chat with Kyle.
0: That's right. So uh, sit back. Grab a coffee and enjoy.
3: You're listening to the All Out War Podcast.
0: Well, everybody, we have a great guest on the podcast today. His name is Kyle Morris. He's a reporter at Breitbart News, and you can find him on Twitter at RealKyleMorris on Twitter.com. Kyle, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me
0: man thank you for joining us we are excited to uh, talk to you about a few things today and uh, we're excited to see what where this podcast ends up so yeah (laughs) uh so you're friends with with rosie
1: right yeah Uh, i I was going to say actually before i let you talk it was kind of funny because i remember when we first recorded the first episode i sent it to you kyle uh, the like mm-hmm. really super crappy one. <laughs> so you were one of the first people that I told about the podcast. But yeah, I'm happy you're finally making it on, man.
3: Oh, I am too. I you know when you had sent me the original messages, had said we're thinking about doing the podcast, and I was thinking, you know, I, I get into podcasts. I sit around, I listen to podcasts when I'm free, when I have free time, anyway. Right. And I always enjoy laid back podcasts where it's not so serious. You know, I work know 24 hours seven days a week on being serious when it comes to politics so it's nice to step back and kind of relax and just talk about whatever and however um because i'm so used to being so uniform and that, and that can get old really quick so.
1: <laughs> oh yeah man i totally get that um well we cover three main areas
0: of life culture politics and theology because uh i'm a pastor and most you know, all our listeners know that but uh but we so we'll cover these areas, and so they can go. Th- these podcasts can go in a multitude of directions, <laughs> <laughs> and they have in the past. So that's cool. I'm glad you like that because we might end up in some fun a- territory today as we talk
1: to you. So, so uh, to get us started, uh, would you just go through and uh, tell a little bit about uh, how you got working at Breitbart? Because Breitbart's huge. It was one of the first. Uh, you know, online publications, you know, when I first got into politics years ago, you know, reading Andrew's, uh, columns and, you know, it was him and Drudge and, you know, (laughs) a couple other people, but.
3: It's one of the, I, I never understood how influential Breitbart was when I first got involved with politics. And, and, and I later came to know how big and powerful, um, Andrew really was, and you know, God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. He was fighting hard on the front lines every single day, waking up people. Um, but I got my start in a sort of odd way. I had taken a trip to the beach with a few of my friends, and it was January the seventeenth, two thousand and seventeen. So we were right there when Trump was about to have the inauguration, the big celebration, and I was on Twitter. And I had been on Twitter before, um, but it was nothing like it is today. It it was not political. It was just a laid back where I would just share brief (laughs) opinions. Um, So for all the people that are going to go back and look for those tweets, good luck, they're gone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But someone had sent a link to me and I was reading it. It was talking about Donald Trump and the headline of it, if I can remember, I can't remember the exact, but to paraphrase, it was like Trump, the racist dictator to be. It was basically uh, a preface to his whole presidency. So I was like, okay, let me read this. So I read it, and I hated it. (laughs) And I was like, this is just absurd. I said, I'm going to tweet something. You know, I'm I'm not real political. I had talked about Colin Kaepernick when he first took a knee. I got on there um, and said something about that, but I tweeted it. And one of my followers just got real ugly. Um, And she was like, I've never known you to be like this. I've been following you for three years now. You've never said anything like this. You've never stepped into the arena of politics. And at this time, I was not politically active. I voted for Trump. I had paid attention to a lot of what his message was um, up until the election on November the 8th. I knew what he stood for, and I agreed with 98%, 99% of it. And I had come to understand that that was who the guy that I wanted in the White House. I wanted him to be the president, so I voted for him. Mm-hmm. Well, this woman started talking to me and telling me, you know, you're so wrong. Well, she used the term, uh, what did she, it was like hashtag MAGA, and then hashtag something else and she was like these are two of the most pathetic hashtags well (laughs) evidently trump world found these hashtags or this tweet from the hashtag and a woman messaged me and she was like hey you know i noticed you're young um are you a big person politics like what do you do and i told her you know i'm just a college student just at the beach enjoying time with friends (laughs) and um i was like you know this is kind of interesting i like to argue so I started arguing with these people and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and people were arguing and chiming in. Wait a, but there second. Were also people Wait a
0: second, Kyle. You were arguing on the internet? That, oh yeah. That, you
3: ne- know, that's that, that never right? happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were so many people that were coming on to take my side. I was like, you know, this is very interesting. The dynamic here at play is one that I kind of like. You have a group here that's arguing with a group here but you have other people that are chiming in who are very neutral. And just saying, hey, be nice, I'll say those things to the people, you know. I wasn't being ugly, but I was just simply stating, you know, this is where I stand, and this is what I want to, you know, put on my personal feed. Well, anyway, I got a message from a woman, a big Trump supporter. She had like 80,000 followers. And this was at the height of, uh, I would say, Trump Twitter, the, the Twitter people that helped get Trump elected through social media, those yeah. people. <laughs> and she was very influential. She would tweet something, she would get 200 tweets in, you know, two hours. So she was getting out there pretty well. And she said, hey, do you mind if I share your username, your profile? Can I give you a shout-out? I said, yeah, what's it going to hurt? You know, I'm thinking, well, I'll get 50 followers. <laughs> well, I woke up the next morning. noticed she had posted that. She talked about how young I was, that I was Trump's reporter, um, that I was a big believer in the conservative movement, conservative uh, policy. And I woke up with 4,000 new followers. <laughs> and I said, wow, you know, this is, this is insane. So I, I told a few people about it. And I just started tweeting, ever so often after that, and it started growing. And I was like, "Wow, I I really enjoy doing this." So I would share articles, blah blah blah. Well, one day um, I saw that the Daily Caller had posted uh, openings for jobs, so I applied, worked there for a little bit, um, and then I actually got in touch with Amanda House, who's at Breitbart. Mm-hmm. Um, great girl, she is. She's a wonderful woman. She stays on top of it. I was like, "This is who you know. I need to go with." Um, with any kind of question or concern about you know becoming a future writer at Breitbart. So I did. And I got lucky. I really got lucky because there are so many people that would love to come write for Breitbart. Yeah. And I just don't have the opportunity yet. And I, at that time, I did not understand how lucky I was. And now I, I realize that. But I reached out to her. She put me in touch with a few of the higher-ups there um, and talked with them, discussed it. They made me an offer. I accepted it, signed on. Um, and now I'm there and I look back at the last, you know, two years and it's like a blur. There has been, (laughs) there has been so much happened because when I started, I had about 10,000 followers. Um, and that was before I had even gotten politics because Mm -hmm. back in the day, which I don't really want to go into all that, but back in the day, I used to tweet about other things, music and stuff like that. I built up small following that way, but nothing like it is today. Um, (laughs) and I mean, yeah, I just look back you know you know how it was you you knew when i was a smaller guy on twitter yeah, um, yeah. And you I'm, know you saw I'm, how it was
1: yeah i'm still a small guy on twitter. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, i yeah. mean
3: what a, you know what i'm about, you know what it was like when i was a small guy on twitter you know my opinions were out there but now yeah i mean i see such an immense difference um I mean, I woke up one day and I was verified. I thought, wow, how did this happen? Everyone <laughs> asked me, yeah, how does that happen? Because they're not supposed to you know, verify. But I mean, it's just a blur now to, to think about everything that has happened in these two years and to say that I'm now at Breitbart News. You know, it's one of the most hated on the left. Um, and they, they hate us because we, are, we always get it right. We put <laughs> stuff out there that just destroys the leftist narrative. And that's what they don't like. So that's why they hate us so, so much. They don't like their influence. They don't like that on the um, certain, like, just say, salute to America Day. I mean, our posts were reaching so many. I mean, our posts from the Democrat debate, we okay. were the number two um, on all you know news organizations on Facebook that day, um, Fox News topped it, But, I mean, we're getting out there. We're getting the message spread. And, you know, it's it's been a wild ride. I'll tell you that. And so many people ask me, you know, how'd you get your start? And I don't even know what what to say sometimes because I'm like, you know, I'm going to tell them, and I got started on Twitter, and they're going to be like, "What? No way!" But I'm here <laughs> to tell you, social media can launch an entire career. <laughs> oh so,
0: yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, how many careers has YouTube made, right?
3: Right. For people, exactly. so so
0: you didn't go to college for journalism and do that whole. I, I did. Oh, you did. I okay, did cool. go to
3: school for journalism. I just graduated in May. Um, I went there for telecommunication and film, which is practically broadcast journalism. Mm-hmm. And then I had a minor in political science. And um, I guess you would say that degree is sort of useless because I'm not <laughs> – <I'm, laughs> I had already been employed at Breitbart before I even went uh, or finally got my degree from the university. Right, yeah, so, exactly. I mean, one day I may use it, but as of now – no one's asked to see it so <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: that's awesome what a cool story too about just uh how it catapulted you right into what you really enjoyed and what you were hopeful to be a part of anyways you know
3: right it was and, and every day i think about it i'm thinking you know i, I can't tell you how many message I, I, messages i get with people asking for advice how did you do this how do you get here and i, I tell them straight sure up you know i'm yeah i'm one of the lucky ones
2: mm-hmm.
3: i i literally got into this career that i'm in because of a tweet that i sent about <laughs> trump and i mean they're just like wow i mean that's insane and i mean that's the truth it's just people are so opinionated now and your opinions can really impact um you know the entire world so if they're impacting the right kind of people that can get you places those are good opinions to have <laughs>
1: exactly mm-hmm. i
3: i have those opinions i i i'm not necessarily i wouldn't say i'm so opinionated now just because of the certain roles that I've obtained over the past you know, half year, year. Uh, but, you know, I try to throw in a few opinions. People know where I stand on most <laughs> issues. Um, but I don't want to be one of those people that's you know, constant opinion because uh, we have to have real news. So.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that's one of the great things. Uh, I just I love following you because you keep, it, it's I was going to say, yeah, exactly. Everyone knows where you stand pretty much. And you just putting out the facts, man. It's it's very refreshing to just you know, this is what stupid Acosta said this time, or you know something like that.
3: (laughs) And and it's so good. I mean, people love those clips. And if I can make people laugh, that's one of the ultimate goals. uh, Most of the time, when I tweet out a clip of Trump, you know, I would say that fifty percent of it's funny, and fifty percent of it is you know a serious video where he's making a serious statement. Mm -hmm. But I have to throw in a little bit of. Committee relief because so many people out there are just on the edge of their seat every single day. It seems like, you know, you could just say hello and you're just going to tick the entire world off. So you have to just kind of throw in a little bit of the funny there because, let's be honest, Trump's a pretty funny guy. Oh, yeah. Um, and you could be a leftist or you can be a conservative, Democrat, whatever. Um, but some of the stuff he says is just slap your knee funny. Oh, so. yeah.
1: Yeah. So I was going to say, speaking of that, um, and maybe we'll keep moving. I was gonna say, uh like I know for me on Twitter it's uh part of me I always I always worry if I ever go too far because uh some of the stuff I like tweeting about and we can maybe go into this a little bit later. Like I've been tweeting uh today all about uh some uh conspiracy theory stuff, but uh before we get <laughs> go off the rails yeah. if we do, um, I was gonna say uh you just went up to the White House speaking of Trump. Do you could you I, I- Please talk. talk I
3: did. I I went, you know, that was my first trip to the White House. Um, And it was a sunny day, but I was sweating in that suit. And (laughs) I got up to the the gate there. We rode over. We got out. We went inside. And it's really unlike anything else. To me, it is. Um, Because this is my career. You know, I follow what Trump says on a daily basis. And to think that that's his home um, and you're in his home. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's it's really, I can't describe the feeling. It's really weird. And you also think about the millions and millions of people that have been there um, and and have seen the same things that I've seen. Uh, It's really, it's a breath of fresh air, really, because it felt like when I was there, a few people that I saw that were there that day, um, it wasn't, you would think it would be so politically divided, but I mean, I saw people from all different races, all different, Know, religions were in there and, and people were just in there enjoying the history. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of cool to me because I wasn't going in there as a Trump supporter. I wasn't going in there as someone that was just going in there because that's where Trump lived. I was going in there because that was the history um, of this country. Mm-hmm. And it while it's great you know, that Trump is the president and that's his home right now, that was not the sole reason for going. Um, I, I went in there with a, a mind. I just wanted to appreciate the the meetings that had pl- taken place there, the people that had lived there, all the first ladies. There's been so many things that have happened in that one place in Washington, DC and the be there among all of it was very cool. So yeah. I, I really enjoyed that trip. That was one of the neatest buildings that I've ever been in. Yeah. So I, I did. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, that's an, that's an amazing place. I've, I've had the opportunity to, to go in there once and, uh, it's just the history, like yeah, what it means right. for our nation is incredible, and the and the the people who have graced the hallways and the rooms and, you know,
1: been yeah. in there. It's I was gonna say I I think I had uh, said I went there once. We got a tour of the West Wing with uh, uh, uh-huh. some Secret Service. I can't remember how we got there, but it was in. Uh, yeah, it, I think it was during a pre- I think it was during the Clinton presidency, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, it was just so cool. I remember we walked in like, up the, uh you know, from the guard booth up that little, like, path, and Wolf Blitzer just walked right by. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> and he just, you know, just walking by, kind of nodded at us, and, you know, we kept going, and, yeah, it's just, DC is so cool, and, uh again, just the history, you know, of, uh, you summed it up perfectly, man. That, that was That's awesome. Yeah, so.
0: Yeah, so uh you were you were mentioning just basically uh, you were talking about uh, just kind of like how social media is and everything like that and being a journalist and how sometimes you got to take off your partisan hat so that you can report true true news rather than fake news right. what how is how does that work and what do you think the state of journalism is and where do you see it heading because it doesn't from my point <laughs> of view like from a guy that just watches it on TV and reads from the internet and stuff, It doesn't look good.
3: Well, this is the thing. People have got to understand how to separate something that is totally fake. Something that is totally real. And I know that to to pick up on professionalism, to pick up on sentences. I mean, people will send me articles all the time. Is this real? Is this real? Is this fake? <laughs> this sounds fake. Is it real? And I say, well, well, listen, this is how you do it. You take a sentence, a, a just one fact that they mention. Go to your Google search bar, search that. I say, you're going to come across mainstream sources, okay? And while people say sin in it's fake news and all of that, their opinions a lot of times are fake news, yes. But when you go to their website and you are you're scrolling through just, a write-up of a simple article of a simple speech that someone gave, you can go through there and find factual information. That's the same with CBS, NBC, Fox News, Breitbart. Uh, I mean, you just any of them. You're going to find factual information. Mm -hmm. Now, people have got to also understand how to separate fake news and opinion because so many people are getting fake news, something that's totally bogus, mixed up with an opinion piece that they don't like. So they read this opinion piece and they don't hate, they don't like it. So they're like, oh, that's fake news. No, it's not fake news. That's someone's opinion. You have to respect their opinion because we live in America. You can't call an opinion piece fake news simply because they said things that you don't like about the president, about conservatism, blah, blah, blah. You've got to understand that that article is not meant to be read and interpreted as something like I write, straight news. At Breitbart, we have opinion writers. And our opinion pieces are boldly outlined. You will know when they are opinion. They have the name of the author, what they said, and maybe the headline. You should be able to know when something's opinion, when something's straight news, by the lead, by the very first sentence, by the opening. And that's the problem that so many Americans aren't understanding now, is that they don't like something that's fake news. It may not be fake news. It may be somebody's opinion. But even now, you have people that are reading real news and saying that it's fake news, hmm. and that's not—that's not a good look. That's not going to work. We can't run a You know, we can't run a successful news company if someone's reading something that I wrote and say yeah, that's fake news just because it's you know about Trump or about news. let's just say Hillary Clinton. I wrote a piece on Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. and a conservative reads it. Well, that's fake news. Well, it's not fake news; It seriously happened. You know, I, I wouldn't make this up. And if you want to actually figure out if it's fake, take a quote and go, go search your Google search bar. And, you know, a quote that quote that I mentioned in the piece from Hillary, go, go look further into it if you don't trust it. If you don't trust the source, go look into it. But the problem I'm seeing with so many journalists, uh, and I'll admit I have frustration with it. Even, you know, I watch a lot of Fox News. Uh, MSNBC and Fox News are my two main cable news sources. Mm-hmm. But people have got to understand, too, that these people on prime primetime hours are not there to tell you straight news. Those are opinion shows. Mm-hmm. People just got to understand that, that those are opinion shows. Talk shows are opinion shows. If you want something that's straight news, you need to find something. You Everyone knows what an opinion is because when they stumble across an opinion in a piece, they realize that and whether, if they agree with it, they keep reading. If they don't agree with it, they usually go away. So they know what an opinion is. But I'll tell you, you can read. I, I, for instance, I was in Uber with a driver in D.C. And he questioned me of where I worked, where I was an employee. I didn't tell him. Um, I mean, I don't know what these people are going to do now. You know, you can't tell. So I told him, you know, I'm a journalist. I write. And he asked me, you know, what do you write about? I said, politics. He said, well, how do you keep your opinion out of your news? And I was like, you know, it's not that hard to do. (laughs) That's what I get paid to do. It's like straight news. So I pulled up one of my articles and I bored him. I read him this article um, that I had written. (laughs) And I said, now, after hearing that, you think I'm a conservative or a a liberal Democrat? Republican? What do you think? He said, well, to be honest, I mean, I don't really know. (laughs) And I said, well, that's the point. That's what I do for a living. I do straight news, straight down the middle. I said, now my topics may be swayed sometimes about who I'm writing about, whether it be Candace Owens, or Donald Trump, Don Jr. But you'll know by reading what I write that, that my news is straight. It's facts, it's their quotes, it's what they said. I never editorialize anything that I ever write. And that's the problem. So many people are editorializing straight news. Yeah. And that is uncalled for. I get, if, if that happens at Breitbart, my editor sends me a message back. I took out this sentence. I took out this sentence. I took out this. It sounds too editorial. It sounds too much like your opinion. Mm. I'm like, okay, you know, totally fine with that. We have good editors there and they catch that thing because sometimes I don't realize it, but they catch it. Yeah. And that's the problem there. People uh, just got to understand that that they're reading straight news or fake news, you know, and they've got to understand that opinions are opinions. People have them. People write every day. Um, and then the future is, <laughs> you never can tell the future in journalism because it's always changing.
0: Yeah. Um, you, you know, what's but, funny though, like when you're mentioning this, I'm just thinking about shows like even like Rachel Maddow or like right. T- Tucker Carlson on Fox, people watch them religiously and they don't realize that this is their opinions. Right. <laughs> they're, they're getting their news from opinions primarily. Right, and I and think, that's what
3: they say.
0: Yeah, I, I believe that's probably caused so much polarization because it's oh, most so, certainly yeah. So it's so radical, but man, that's it. Just kind of was like as you were talking, it just kind of was dawning on me. As <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a little slow. So <laughs>
3: people, people, people watch and they think, oh well, I'm watching a news channel. I must be getting news. Mm-hmm. Well, you're getting news, but you're getting news with a perspective, and that perspective is typically from one person, mm-hmm. the anchor of the show. And you know you should be able to tell you know how someone leans. If you can watch an entire cable news program and not tell which way a person leans politically, then that's a good cable news network, or good cable news program.
1: Exactly, and I was going to say that's how uh, <clears throat> it used to be. You know, back in uh, back in the seventies, maybe the you early know the 80s. early eighties. Yeah. It used to be you would have. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm stumping on some names well, right now. I mean, uh, Walter Cro- Cronkite. Walter Cronkite. Yeah, you it. know, he was probably a liberal. You know, he's oh, probably he was, he was yeah. probably a liberal, but he never. You know, it was just here's the facts, exactly like how you said it. That you know, this is what happened. Uh, you know, the five. You know, the five Ws. You know, what happened, where it happened, this is it. Blah 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 blah. And uh, I was going to say, it, it kind of is sad to think that. Um. You know, because it, it, it's almost very condescending um on either side where, you know, like for me, and I think most Americans are smart enough to make up their own opinions. Like, I just want to know what the facts are. You know, just right. let me make up my right. own opinion about how this affects anything that I believe about the person or the incident or whatever. You know, just, just give me the facts.
3: Right.
2: So, yeah.
1: And and
0: that's the difference between social media and regular journalism is because social media is literally one hundred percent opinion
1: <laughs> most of the time. <laughs>
0: Unless you're reposting an article that's written that's not opinion, that's just news, you know. But uh I, I remember right after Trump met with um met with uh, the Korean uh North Korean uh Kim Jong, Kim Jong. Yeah. Uh, I literally they showed a clip of a person who was uh, from one of the other networks that's not conservative. And they were saying, yeah, he loves to meet with them because uh, they're dictators and he can plan how he's going to like <laughs> how he's going to uh, like squelch the media. And they literally said that. And I'm like, what are you kidding me? Let's like what's let's, let's look at the historic moment that this is for just one second. Mm-hmm. Like w- leave your opinion out for just a second, please. And so it just makes me laugh, you know. Oh, uh, you hey,
1: didn't? oh, one sec. Hey, uh, hold on. Hey, can you hear me?
3: I can. Oh, oh my goodness,
1: go. Mike! That was so weird. I'm so sorry <laughs> about that. Uh, I,
3: I, well, I, I had noticed it faded, and I was thinking maybe, maybe I'm still there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that, man. I, I got an happened.
1: incoming call, and I canceled it, and then all of a sudden it took the. Bluetooth off. Okay. I'm oh, okay. sorry. So we can just cut over that. But
0: yeah. So, anyways, but uh, that's cool, man. So let's talk a, a minute about the Democrat. Unless you got Rosie, do you have anything else you want to add to that? No. Oh. I mean,
1: yeah. I was just going to say and kind of, I don't know, pat you on the back, man. But it's, uh, it's so refreshing just to, again, have a source, you know, it, like it's just the facts. And so it's uh, increasing, it's becoming increasingly rare. Um, at least right now, it seems because there's so few places that uh, that just give it out like that. And I, I, I hope that anybody who's uh, you know listening that you know just go read. <laughs> you know, don't it, if it's a it's a factual news thing. You know, don't get put off. You know, I read sources like you said from uh, MSNBC or you know, yeah, all sorts of stuff. So uh, you know. I think it's a good way to sum it up, and so keep doing what you're doing, man. But Okay. <laughs> what were you gonna say?
0: I was just gonna say I, I would love to hear. Speaking of opinions, I'd love to hear your <laughs> your opinion. Okay.
2: Uh,
0: on the because uh, I know you're conservative, uh, you already said you voted for Trump, so that's cool. Um, but and we are too as well. I wanted <laughs> to just um, to ask your opinion on like what the Democratic field in general that you see these people that they're putting up there to to, to kind of. You know, try and compete against Trump in November. What do you What are you seeing here? Because to me, it's to me personally, it's just laughable.
3: <laughs> well, the main thing I see is a total disaster. Um, <laughs> to, to have, I don't even know the exact number, is that sad? How many candidates we have now? Because it seems like every day another person announces that they're running. Exactly. But you have spiritual Marianne Williams. <laughs> Who is not going to do anything? She's just a great face to have them
1: She's so crazy. Uh, and I
3: hope <laughs> she's very, um, how do I say this nicely? She's, let me just skip that part I don't know how to say something. <laughs> bless, her,
2: bless, something her heart, right? bless, bless her heart, right?
3: Bless her heart. Bless her heart. That's what we say in this town. Bless her heart. But, I mean, she is something else. And then you have people like um, Eric Swalwell, not even polling at 1%, he's down in the, the, the negatives by now. We have these people that are taking this so, so seriously, and they're saying the dumbest things when they get on the debate stage. It you know, will take the most famous moment for all but the second night of debates when they ask about free health care, free taxpayer-funded health care uh, for illegal aliens, and they all raise their hand. <laughs> which Joe Biden was a little slow to raise his hand on. If you notice, if you go back and watch the clip, mm-hmm. it's like Joe Biden had to think, oh, should I raise my hand? And then he finally threw it up when everybody else sat there. But that's from uh, that's a side of the point. But those types of issues are what set the American people off. It can either turn on the American people or it can turn off the American people. But it's going to set them off one way or another. They're going to either like it or they're going to hate it. Mm-hmm. And, my opinion is I hate it because we have so many people in America that, you know, I hate to say the whole homeless, the veterans, the starving, but when you come down and think about it and think about the real issue here, you know, they want Medicare for all. They want, you know, government uh, funded health care for every person in America, but they can't even get our veterans that go to the VA taking care of how the heck do they expect to take care of an entire nation.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, yeah.
3: That is government funded. They can't even take care of our veterans at the VA. But l- let's give everyone Medicare for all. Let's bankrupt the nation. And then you have the Green New Deal crap. But that's Ocasio Cortez. And that's <laughs> an entire podcast there on itself. Oh, yeah. Um, but you have these candidates Cory Booker, Kamala Harris. The best part, though, is when Kamala and Joe Biden went back and forth. And Joe Biden just finally gave up. He said, Oh, well, I'm at a time. You know, he didn't have anything to argue. She slapped him down that night, mm-hmm. and it's a good thing too because it affected the polls. Oh yeah! But to see all of these people lined up, people that you know got up there, my friends were like, "Who's that? I've never seen them before." And I was like, "Well, it'll probably be the only time you do see them. They'll so get you." <laughs> right. But I mean, they 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 are up here on the states. They raise this money, just like Gillibrand. These people have the craziest ideas, and it all comes back to raising taxes. They say they want to help the middle class, but they want to raise the middle class uh, Americans' taxes. They want to keep those rights, and they want to help everyone. It's just totally absurd. And, you know, if I could go off on a few candidates, there are a few that I would love to just go off on, but— I'm going to call myself a professional journalist and take a deep breath. (laughs) Then after 2020, I'll get back to you, and we'll talk more about it. Because, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top here, who gets the nomination from the party. In my opinion, as of now, it looks like it's going to be Warren Kamala, Biden, or Bernie. Mm. And I don't think it'll be Bernie. Um, Mm. I I still don't think. um, He's doing well in the polls, but when it comes down to it, I don't think. The majority of Democrats um, or the majority of the American people, per se, are ready for a lot of his ideas um, because he says them in a totally radical way. Mm -hmm. But Joe Biden, who is a former vice president, he was, you know, loved by a lot of Americans, he's still got a, a heck of a good chance. And people are holding on to the Obama years. They don't want to let go because they know that was the only last successful thing that they've actually had. Um, But after Michelle Obama's comments on Joe Biden, where she refused to endorse all that, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, like I said, they all have crazy ideas. They all support the majority. They want gun control. That's another thing. That's not going to play well down here in the South. (laughs) That's not going to play well with someone in Texas or even out in California who is a gun owner and lives in rural California. It's just not going to play out well. People love their guns people don't love their guns just in spite of the left, but people love their guns because it makes them feel safer. Uh, I mean, personally, you know, I'm a gun owner and my whole family is a gun owner. My friends, they own guns. Those issues are not going to resonate with the American people. right? And that's why, you know, I think Trump's going to get another four years. I don't want to say, you know, certain, but it's a good chance. It's a really good chance right now. You're seeing the, the donations pour in, the uh, polls are doing pretty well for Trump so far um, but it's going to be interesting we'll really know over the next I would say six months um, who's definitely going to have a really really good shot um, in the next one month I think um, but in the next six months we'll know who that nominee is going to be,
0: yeah. uh, because what do you think about Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard is that her name? Yeah,
3: it, Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii yeah. Yeah. Um, she's good I will say that about Tulsi, Tulsi of any Democrat that's running is the least, um, least radical. Mm-hmm. Now she has said some things that have really made me question, you know, where she stands because they just weren't conservative principles. Mm-hmm. But as far as her views on censorship, social media censorship, her views on uh, terrorism and how to combat terrorism globally, uh, there's so much that you know. You could look at Tulsi and say, you know, that she sounds conservative, but she's not. She's running around with the the Democrat label, and it's going to hurt her. That's mm-hmm. why she won't be successful in this race because she's. You have to be so far left here to actually get your name in the box, and yeah. <laughs> she's just not going to be that girl. She may she may get you know down and dirty and play dirty with them, but I mean, you see the way she handles the media. She talks about the media and you know, being unfair to her at the debate. They were giving other candidates more time, not coming to her. She talked about interviews where the host of the MSNBC program would misconstrue what she was saying. And she just goes against the left sometimes, and they don't like that. And that's why she won't ultimately be successful here. But I do like both. She has a lot of good opinions, um, and she seems to keep it middle of the road um, for the most part. And tries to do what's best for the American people, yeah. so I can certainly see why a lot of people actually like
0: it yeah i've I've heard a lot of people that are uh, a lot of millennials who are you know reluctant conservatives if is the best way to put it they they weren't radical enough to vote for Hillary, but they weren't right. they weren't jacked up about Trump, and they see her and they see her as sort of this beacon of you know you talk about old school democrats she, she kind of puts that vibe off, you know right but um. Yeah, I agree with you. I I just was curious what your thoughts were because I know there's a lot of people that like her. Uh, she's kind of... Yeah.
3: She, she's kind of behind the scenes. She's not one of... She's not an Elizabeth Warren, a Kamala, a Joe, or Bernie. She's one of those that kind of stand off to the side. Yeah. But again, she is so intelligent. She's a veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, served in Afghanistan. She's so brilliant. And, you know, a lot of people just don't give her enough credit.
0: Yeah. I mean, she did, she did Joe Rogan's podcast, so... That's not, yeah, that's not a small (laughs) thing. You spend an hour and a half, two hours on that guy's podcast. And he was peppering her with some questions. I listened to about half of it, but, um, yeah, she's a Buddhist. She's a pacifist. That's why she wants to pull our troops back. Things like that. You got to like really listen to some of that stuff to find out because she won't outright say it, but
1: yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say, you talked about, uh, and her stance on uh and maybe we'll just make this the last uh political question if mm-hmm. we will uh with the social media censorship uh so we've had on a bunch of different people or you know a, a few different people different avenues or ways that they think the government should deal with it or you know um, w- w- what do you think so you know what's your opinion on how you know, the social media censorship should go down, I guess, basically.
3: Oh, this is, um, this is one of the most pressing issues facing, uh, social media and, you know, political ideology because Mm -hmm. people, and this is where it crosses the line for me, is when you have someone who, you know, is on social media post something, and they're just gone, yeah. uh, you know, just gone, overnight gone. And you wake yeah. up, and you're like, where are these people? You know, <laughs> yeah. they had 2,000, you know, 200,000, 300,000 followers, and they're just not here anymore. And they are, in a way, being silenced. But, you know, so many people, when the Krasenstein brothers were removed, tried mm-hmm. to make the argument that that was, um, you know, affecting their free speech. They had done nothing wrong. No, they had done something wrong. That was the removal that I fully supported. And it's not because that they were anti-Trump. It's because that they broke Twitter's rules and we were actually told that they broke Twitter's rules in creating multiple accounts. Mm. Now, you've got people out here like, let's say, James Woods. I don't want to talk about a few people because I'm not... Necessarily a fan of them, right? Right. But right. <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, I don't want to talk bad about anybody, so I won't say anything. But yeah, there yeah. are a few people out here that are posting things that they know will get them removed, and they know that it's going to set a uh, a bomb off on Twitter, and they will have people supporting them. Those are the people that I don't necessarily tend to support. I support people, and I wish I could remember her name. That had said something. I think it was about trans people, but it was not an ugly comment. But she got removed. And it was discussed um, on the Joe Rogan podcast with a guy named Tim. What is his last name? His, name, his, last name, his first name is Tim. Oh, Tim Pool. Tim Pool. Yeah. yeah. He was on there discussing this girl. That's a, that's a band that I don't support because she said something about trans people, but it was not an a anti-trans comment. She wasn't being ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of comments where people are just banned and, and they don't get an explanation are what really ticked me off. Um, but like I said, people are pushing out there. They know what's going to get them removed. And I see people out there that are defending them and sticking up for them. And I'm just like, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons I don't talk about censorship so much on Twitter. Um, now I've seen a few people get removed and I've commented publicly saying, you know, this is absurd. This is ridiculous. This is, you know, totally wrong. Why is this happening? But there are a lot of times when people make a stink about someone getting removed. And I, you know, I see it and I just refrain from commenting simply because I knew what their motive was in getting removed or or attempting to get removed. Um, there's one guy in particular, we all know him. He has his own TV series, (laughs) series, whatever. Uh, I won't say his name. Everyone knows. Yeah. Yeah. That was when that happened, you know, that was one of the first major ones I would say that kind of got everyone discussing it. Um, And I refrained from comment on that one. And it wasn't because I supported the removal. It was because there were so many people out there that were taking up for him, defending him, saying that he was, you know, there were people that were saying he was wrong. And then a few weeks later, I released a statement saying, you know, what after it had been revealed, you know, what he was removed for, all that. I, I simply stated something like, you know, people should be able to speak freely and it should not be politically biased. And that was all I said. I said -hmm. nothing else. Um, But to see the way some people are getting targeted on social media and followers disappearing, um, it's very strange and it definitely needs to be looked into. Um, Because if they are allowed to get away with it for so long, it's going to become a permanent habit. These social media companies are going to be removing everyone that they don't personally agree with. And we can't have that. That will crumble a nation quicker than I've ever seen anything crumble. You think about how influential Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, Snapchat, if they just go around, these big tech Google, if they go around and start policing what people are saying to the point where they are totally suspending or banning someone from their platform and that person has no way to communicate, That, to me, is, when you start thinking about it, one of the craziest things to think that someone's voice can be taken away from them. Because we rely on our voice on social media platforms, the internet, for so many things, to voice our opinions, to say what we're doing, to share what we think. And to think that someone at Twitter headquarters can dictate whether or not I'm allowed to be on their platform and just state a simple opinion that it's not derogatory, does not contain any hate and just be removed that to me is scary yeah. and i i didn't think about it and I, it blows my mind sometimes I, I really started thinking about it one day and said their voice has just been taken from me. yeah and sometimes it gets reinstated sometimes it doesn't
0: yeah there, and there used to be a time when you could actually disagree with someone in their life and what whatever it was that they were yeah. and and you weren't considered hateful Mm-hmm. you know right? you could actually agree to disagree and still remain friends even. yeah I was gonna right. say
1: I was just uh one of my buddies it, he just retweeted there was some story like just before I, I got here and it was like some guy on the left and he was like oh this girl one of my friends uh, she chose the MAGA hat over me or something like that so I, I, oh. I ended my friendship with her and uh I was just thinking I'm like I have like a lot of friends who I don't get political with. I know that they're, you know, I have friends that are even super progressive, you know, super progressive way out there leftists. And we just don't talk politics, you know, (laughs) like we just like, we, we rib each other on Facebook, you know, like he'll send me something silly and I'll send him something silly. We both make fun of it. And we're still really good friends. You know, I don't, wouldn't want to throw away, um, a, a really meaningful friendship just because we disagree on some ideals or ideas right. that, um, you know, I guess depending on some of them, I would draw the line. Um, right. But right. I was going to say, it seems nowadays it's just so vicious, and people are just willing to. It, it's kind of scary as a society to look at that and think that we're just throwing away meaningful friendships of years of people, you know, just over some stupid. Politics, it doesn't
2: matter. Right. You know? Right,
3: right. And, and so many people are like, you know, Trump's divisive. Trump's done this. It's not Trump. It's you. Yeah. If you allow someone to influence your friendships, that's a personal problem. Yeah. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's nothing to do with the president of the United States. That's the youth problem. You can, you've can you had your opinions forever. You uh, had your your opinion you know, 10 years before this president took office. Right. Yeah. So if you're losing a friendship over it now, that's your problem. Yeah. Nobody's problem but yours. I make friendships work. Now there are people that I don't necessarily hang around with as much anymore because of their political views. But we're still friends. We will still communicate. I'm not going to cut anyone off simply because of the way, you know, they view things politically. And I see it happen so many, you know, to so many people on the internet, they have friend people. And I've done it once or twice. That's not something that I'm going to do because typically I will respect someone's opinion. That's <laughs> that's what they feel. That's what they feel. But when people start coming at me for it that I know personally, it's I just unfriend it because I don't want to argue with somebody that I want to you pretty well.
1: Exactly.
3: Um, I I just don't have time for it. I don't <laughs> have time to argue. Period. I don't even think I argue on Twitter with anybody really except congressional democrats who are, <laughs> right. you know, post absurd and ludicrous posts but um,
2: I wait mean, what
3: <laughs> i mean if you go to my feed and you click on one tweet i mean you'll go through there and be like oh you work for Breitbart, bar you know wah, blah 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 yeah. you're fat whatever i mean it's just they call me all these names i don't have time if i went through and argued with every single person that had a mean comment to say i would be a totally busy person and I would expect to get paid for it because that is a lot of work. <laughs> right,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, so let's move yeah. on. Yeah, you want to take the... Take the <laughs> let's okay. take the work hat, the business hat off, Yeah. and now, and now let's put on the fun hat, the conspiracy hat, <laughs> the tin hat. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. So uh, before we were recording, mm-hmm. we were just the three of us were just kind of chatting and you had mentioned an experience that you had with in a, was it a hospital? I think you said,
3: right. Um, so what your was, friends and I, we went out to a, uh, it's an abandoned hospital. I won't give out too many specifics or else people will be like, I know where that is. He yeah, yeah. Been- anyway, we went out there one night for a little thrill and, um, it was me, my roommate, and three of our friends. And my roommate was driving. A friend was in the front seat. I was in the back seat with our other two friends, who were a couple. And it was just me and a, me, I was a guy. There was another guy, and it was a three girl. So here we are. We're going out here to do this. And all of us aren't like... Uh, we're not going... We don't get scared easily. So we're pretty... You know, we like to go do things like this. So here we go. We set out. And we get out there. We go in the main building that has um, where the the beds were, where the cafeteria was, where the main central hub of the entire facility at the stand and we go in, we walk around totally dark, no lights, no nothing, and one of our friends, she said, uh, I just don't, you know, feel right. We, we need to get out of here. I feel like someone's watching us. I, I keep hearing things, and it's just kind of crazy. So we were like, yeah, I mean, okay, we'll go, you know. We'll go. We trusted. Of all of us that were there, I would say that she was one of the most calming people. Mm -hmm. Um, She can calm someone down in instances of shock or fear or any kind of drama. And we got in the car and we go on down. It just makes a circle, sort of. But we go down and we were going to a holding facility where they would hold dead bodies and eventually of them when they passed away in the hospital. Good times. I knew where it was, and we went down the road, and my roommate was driving. Well, we keep driving, and I'm in the back seat. I, I, I'm i sitting behind the rear, or the passenger seat in the back seat, um. so I can't necessarily see what's in the road. Well, I feel the car just kind of stop and, and go down in a little rut. And it goes down in the rut, and I'm like, this is bumpy, so I look, and Roommate says, You see that? And this guy who looks I would say six foot five, six foot seven, Whoa. steps out of the bushes. Okay. And when I say it was shocking, it was shocking. I wish I wish I had taken a picture because it was one of the most terrifying things I've ever experienced. Steps out of the bushes, he's wearing orange pants, or maybe it was an orange shirt. I think it was orange pants though, because it was like full body orange. And a shirt that is just shredded, I would say, around his belly button. And we just, we all are pros just looking at it. And I said, you know, get get us out of here. You know, get us out of here. And she's driving and she's attempting to get us out of there the best she can. (laughs) And she says, I I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't, I'm panicking. And our our roommate, our friend was with us. And said just calm down the girl that said that she had heard something and felt like somebody was following them and at that moment it felt like she almost knew exactly what was going to happen to us before we even got around the curve all mm-hmm. she said, "Just calm down, put it in reverse we're going to get out of here." <laughs> well she wasn't able to so she did a three-point turn and <laughs> in, in the middle there and one of the most terrifying images aside from the one that with a headlight shining on his body, walking towards us now. He wasn't just standing there. He was starting to walk towards us slowly. Well, she puts it in drive, backs up, and we're sideways in the road, halfway in a three-point turn. And she puts it in reverse again to drive, and I look out the window, and I can see the silhouette of his body, not running, but fastly approaching the car. Mm. And it was one of the most, I cannot put it into words, how scary... And how terrified I felt at that moment. And I wasn't to the point where I was like, you know, we're going to get killed. You know, I had my gun, I had my pistol with me. So, I mean, we weren't like totally scared. I mean, if I knew, if I had to shot someone, I would shoot someone, I would. But anyway, we drove off and all of us were just shaking like, you know, what the heck just happened? And we get out and there's a guy and a girl, a young couple. We told them what we saw and they just start walking down towards this place on foot to go in and we told them there was a guy out there i don't know what happened to those people oh, man. <laughs> but that was one of the scariest feelings that i think i've ever felt i i am not scared easily typically um but that that scene that night when i looked up the, when we all looked really at the, the initial you know contact with this guy that just stepped out of the woods it was just it was terrifying and I haven't had anything else like that happen to me, but that was one of the most uh, craziest experiences I think I've had and going to search for things. But.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's almost like, I was going to say, I, I didn't tell, I don't know if I've ever told anyone this story. We went into this, uh, abandoned asylum one time up, uh, a couple States away. I'll say that. So I don't <laughs> implicate myself. And, uh, Dude, those things are so freaking scary. I remember just walking yeah. around. I have no idea how um we, we're looking for ghosts, I guess, or something like that. But it is I, I can't imagine actually finding something like that. It's uh Yeah, what he absol-
0: what Kyle, what you did it was like the worst of worst case scenarios. Like the first of all you let a girl drive. <laughs> first mistake. Well <laughs> I'm kidding.
3: We had been out there a few other times, never saw anything like this. We just thought it would be another run. It was not just another run to go to just get a little thrill that night. We got an absolute heart. So, I mean, we were all, I mean, we weren't even able to sit outside when we got back. We had to go inside. We were like, you know, this is just this is crazy. Yeah, that's we great. We came inside. So. Uh,
1: oh, man. Well, that is a good way to get it started. Well, um, so we actually just did, uh, we're going to throw this out here. Uh, we actually just did an episode uh, a couple episodes ago about aliens, and I, I hate that this feels so disjointed, but uh, <laughs> so we were just talking about this. What are like, what do you think? Because there's a, I know that there's a bunch of different uh, ways that people think about it in terms of like, are they extraterrestrials? Are they uh, like interdimensional time beings and stuff like that? <laughs> I was going to say... You- I know you got it. Have you
3: ever seen? Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was going to say, yeah. I know that we had you had an interest in that, and so I definitely wanted to bring it up. And yeah. Uh, yeah,
3: have you ever seen the movie Interstellar? Yes. Okay, that's what kickstarted this thought process of mine. I saw this movie with a few friends, and I got to thinking. You know, you go out in space, time is different. The further out you go, the quicker time passes on Earth. Mm-hmm. And to me, it blew my mind. It. It literally blew my mind to think that that could happen. So I started thinking, you know, one day I was like, you know, there's got to be life out there. There's got to be, we don't even know how large space is. And to think about how small we actually are, just on Earth. And then you think about how actually small we as humans are, uh, that are on Earth, that's already very small. I was just like, you know, that is just insane to me. So I started thinking, you know, there, there's people out there that are, I've wondered, is there another planet? Is there another planet that's sort of like ours, that has humans on it? Is there life out there that resembles us? But most of the time people think of aliens, they think of like, um, what would I say, you're like typical green alien that has a big head and two arms and two legs. And I don't think of it that way. I don't necessarily think that that would be what an alien looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't think it would look like something from Star Wars either. Right. Um, I, I, just don't feel like it would be human-like. Uh, but when I start thinking, the thing that I love to think about the most is the time difference mm-hmm. and the way people can go, say I just left and, and flew today, went into space, got so far out there and came back, you know, I had my watch on and it's, Literally twenty four hours to me, and I come back and say it. You know, thirty years for you to think that that's possible, and it's real, blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Every time we talk about this, we we discuss you know the movie Interstellar and how weird it is, the dimensions, and is is that real? How does that work? You know, and we start thinking about all these things that. The human mind, it almost cannot even comprehend. Mm -hmm. So it's very weird to me, but I mean, as far as like life out there, that's one of the things that I get stumped on. You know, I don't know what they would look like, but I can certainly tell you that our galaxy is very small compared to space. So when you get out in space, you know, I mean, that black hole, for instance, how many light years was that away? I mean, it was so far away. Mm -hmm. Like, we can't even get to it. And to think, you know, that that's actually out there. There's no telling what kind of life is out there that actually exists. And I don't know that we'll ever find it. I don't know in our lifetime anyway. I don't know that we'll ever see anything come of it.
0: Well, I don't know, man. Didn't you hear the recent uh, interview with Trump? And (laughs) Tucker asked him about aliens, and he said, I
3: don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, anything's possible with this president. You know, I, I, don't wanna, I certainly don't want to underestimate his uh, right. his little ability to go to you know space travel and the space force. But it's uh, one of those things. I don't think we'll ever see it. But you know, I would certainly be blown away if we did. If we had a visit from you know some sort of what, what, what would you even say? What would you even call this? I mean, some sort of visit from some sort of extraterrestrial beings, I guess, yeah, that I guess. are out there and they just appear one day on a little pod, and is it going to be like we think it is? Is it going to be very techno, very futuristic? Is it going to be like one of those pods, or is it literally going to be something that's just like made up of limbs and crap, and they somehow (laughs) guide it through our our layers to get into Earth? I mean, it's one of those things that's just, it blows my mind to think about. So that's why, you know, when we have friends over, we talk about so many things like that. And uh, a little later, I'll tell you something else after we get off this topic. It's pretty funny, pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, the whole thing, I, I'm divided on the alien contact thing. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, this was a really interesting anecdote, and I think it's been far along. Yeah, I've been far away enough that I, from when I was told it <laughs> so that it couldn't implicate the person who told it to me. But I have a... Uh, Going on the topic of uh, these things, the the thing that I never get about aliens is that uh, I don't trust the government to uh, keep it a secret. You know, like I don't trust the government enough to actually, uh, you know, keep a secret from us or uh, successfully, you know, keep something hidden for so long. Um, but I was going to say this is a really interesting thing I, I was talking about, the, the story that was relayed to me. Um, I have this buddy who works for a certain – he's he's very senior, um, high up in a agency that most people wouldn't think. It's just one of these obscure kind of right. things that they do a lot of stuff and no one really knows about. And uh, he was telling, you know, we were just talking, I think we were, I I won't give away the location or the the reason we were talking, but he was just telling me about uh, the time he went to Area 51, and uh, he was, they were doing all sorts of these tests, and, uh, like, he was driving around, and it is so locked down, the perimeter of the actual military base is miles of gates and like, you know, when you're driving from the you know, the gate to the next point, you can't stop. You have to continuously just keep going and you can't slow down, uh, at Area 51. And he was saying like they're out there doing these uh certain tests for something. And he's looking around and there's all these weird antennas pointing upward. Like all this crazy stuff out there. So it, it really just there's so much mystery to it, and I don't, I don't know where I fall on aliens because part of me wants to say that they're, I think, certain conspiracy theories are, the government lets them run run amok, you know. I hear these right. cra- crazy stuff. I, I I don't want to say anything more about what he told me at this place, but just for security reasons for whatever reason if I happen to say something and then it gets me <laughs> suicided or something like that. But uh over the aliens. Over the aliens. But uh well, it, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah.
3: Well what one thing that interests me too is when you think about uh, the Nazca lines that are in Peru. Have you ever heard of those? Those are the ones that are like um shapes of animals that are seen from so many miles up. Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. To me, I mean those are from you know thousands of years ago people created these things. Who are they signaling and why? Why what made them think that someone would ever be able to see that from above because they had never had a plane fly over. They had never <laughs> had any kind of aircraft fly over them. So what made them think that someone would even be able to tell what that was from the sky? That's been another thing that I've always questioned too, which I'd like to look more into. Um, because what what did they know? What what gave them the impression that they should lay these you know bricks or whatever it was that they were constructed out of down so that they could be seen from space? I mean, because you have to go a few miles up in space to see these or above Earth actually right. um, to see these shapes. I mean, they have like a monkey. I mean, they have so many different shapes. And it's just crazy to me to think that those people were that intelligent at that time to do that without actually getting an aerial view of the finished product. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's very weird. I, I wonder what they knew or, or why they even went to that much trouble. Right. Seeing as <laughs> how nothing existed to get them that high up to see what it would look like when it was done.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. There, there's just so much weird odd stuff that happens, uh, which is, I, I think, a great, you know, just the whole uh, pivoting of when you go outside of stuff that really doesn't matter on Twitter, there's so just an, <laughs> an entire world of so much stuff that you can spend hours right. and years just uh, thinking about and talking about and uh, postulating on of, you know, why do you do this? Why Why did this group of people... Do these crazy things. And I think it's really refreshing and important to just take a break from everything, you know, going on and think about all the questions that you brought up and all the, just the, the, the weird stuff. Like I, I get asked quite often and just conspiracy theories in general. I, I even, I don't want to say this in a way, but, uh, I almost treat them like entertainment to a degree that almost to, to be completely honest, I don't even know where I stand on some of them. Like I know so much about right. them and I'm not sure if I believe or not, but, uh, it's, uh, it's such a fascinating thing just to be able to talk about at a party or bring it up. And, uh,
3: right. I but, mean, you've got, you bring up one topic. It's an hour long conversation. Oh yeah. So it's, it's, it's entertainment for sure.
1: Yeah. And it's so good to just <laughs> put out in a party, you know, like, uh, you know if, well i don't know maybe i'm not invited to enough parties that uh after i talk about <laughs> stuff like that but they uh, it's always interesting You're going to the wrong parties that's the problem <laughs> but yeah to say like oh yeah hey uh you actually do believe that the uh, the moon's real well let's talk about that <laughs> you know something like that right it's uh so yeah. fascinating well, were you gonna say something
0: yeah i was gonna say you well when i go on dates with my wife she's like we're do we have to talk about the conspiracy <laughs> stuff? Because <laughs> to me, it's an escape, man. It's like, oh gosh, man. I look at the real world, what's going on, in some of the stuff, and I'm, yeah. like, and I need an escape. I need, I need something to like get my creative mind to think a little bit better, and you know. But yeah, I the the so I'm a I always have this tendency when I approach any of these things, whether it's ghosts, whether it's these like these Peru Nazaki lines or whatever they're called. Um, anything like that? I always try and come at it from a because of my, you know, my background. It's just really like a biblical perspective. So, and most people don't even realize it, but the Bible has some pretty insane stuff in it. You know that that would actually kind of bear witness to some of these things, why they happen and why they are. But the one, the one thing that always like that I can't wrap my head around is pyramids. Hmm. They're found everywhere. And then what was the purpose of them? I don't believe they were burial tombs. I think there was something else. And especially the great, you know, the great, you know, ones. In, yeah. Like who right. who built them? Uh, you know, I was, right. I was told one time, oh, it was the Jews when they were in captivity, the Israelites, you know, when they were in captivity to Egypt. But no, there's no way because when you start to line up the history lines and all that, which dynasty built them and all, they were already in existence before yeah. they got there. So.
3: Ooh. That's interesting too. I mean, these rocks—I mean, I forget how much each, you know, block weighed.
2: But there, at
3: that time, there was no equipment whatsoever uh, that could have lifted those up to put them up there. And to think that there was some, you know, type of belt that these people used, or you know, it, it really it makes me mad because I can't think of a solution right. to how it could have happened. Uh, you know, I get to thinking about it and I'm like, you know, I can't come up with a solution and why can't I? Um, and then, you know, I've read a few articles about the pyramids and the people that, you know, talk about how they move the blocks. They talked about how they use like streams to float the, the blocks down. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, I've never seen a stream that could push a 6,000 pound block. <laughs> but I mean, if that, right. that's new to me, if it's out there, but <laughs> I mean, I just don't understand. There was was there a wheel then? Did they have a wheel? Oh,
0: the wheel, the, uh, yeah, the, the wheel, wheel. I think the wheel existed. Yeah, okay. I think the wheel yeah. was so, probably one of the earliest invent like.
3: Man's. Okay. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. So if, if, they, if they used the wheel, that could be some sort of solution. Maybe that they might have used the wheels to the move these, and um, you know. But as far as like, uh, what do you call them? That a crane. There was no crane, so mm. and they're so perfectly placed, so it's it's really mind blowing.
0: Yeah, they, they they found like some of these pyramids have like laser precision, like alignment cutting. Yeah, so they don't even know how they did that. Like how yeah, do you, they didn't have them, the, <laughs> the, right? I <laughs> mean, the, and to think about
3: how many blocks are up there, it would have taken someone years to carve each one of those um, to match precisely and to be squared off on each side. Yeah, and so, they
0: discovered too, like recently, that it's they're not flat; they're actually like bulging. <laughs> but it's not from time; it was actually designed that way, and it's the only way that it could be designed so that it wouldn't fall in on itself. <laughs> so, like, they had like That's some it. yeah trigon- trigonometry and some stuff going on <laughs> there where they they understood it, you know, uh, nerds. They
3: were the earliest math, math- mathematician. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see even yeah, I, it's one of those things that. I don't know, like I said, I get mad because I cannot come up with a viable solution as to how they would have been able to construct something so magnificent at that you know age and time, and then you look at it now and you're like, I don't even know if we could do that now and make it look you know is that good but
1: right yeah. of course
3: we could, but at that time, that was just unthinkable, yeah, but I mean, it was a lot of work, so
1: yeah, and I think the the thing that's funny about it is if it was people. Who carved, you know, if, if it takes, I don't know, throw out five, two years, two years of someone working per stone or something to carve it at this, this thing, less than two years, let's yeah. say six months. Right. Right. And there's thousands of these huge stones that have to go there. It's if they were just doing by mat, like just say that they were able to do it over the course of 500 years, which is just mind blowing. The generations of people. persisted, you know, throughout their lifetimes to just build something that they'll never see to fruition. You know, the people that started building it aren't gonna live long enough. And I think how funny it is now. (laughs) Like I don't think I could I don't want to wait, you know, I complain about, you know, if I have bad internet service because I can't, you know, <laughs> right. I have to wait for something to load or to, to buffer. Dude, if Chick-fil-A takes more than, you know, 30 seconds <laughs> to get my
0: meal I'm
3: ticked off. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, what, what were you going to say, Kyle? You said uh, you're going to bring up something funny. Oh
3: yeah. I, this is a good you know, thing to leave you with. Um, we were sitting around one night and we were talking, we were talking something like this. I'm sure we were all, you know, discussing our opinions. And we're all relatively the same age, our friend group. There are a few that are older, but I was sitting around and we all looked at each other. And we were just talking and the conversation kind of died. And I said, you know, it's going to be weird to think that we're all going to die at (laughs) different points. Unless some freak accident happens, we're all on a roller coaster and we die together. But I said, the the odds of that are, are very slim. And I was like, you know, we're going to die at different points in our life, but we're all sitting here right now. And I I brought up this thing, this kind of topic. I was like, you know, the last person that's alive, if they have a question about something that we discussed here tonight, there's not going to be anybody that they can call and say, do you remember what we were talking about that night? Or do you remember who was there? Because they're going to be the last person that's alive on this earth with that number. And it hit me that night. It hit me so deep, and I was thinking, God, I hope I'm not the last person, because I can't remember crap. (laughs) And... (laughs) <laughs> and I thought, you know, if I am the last person and I go to call up somebody that's here at my house that night, you know, 50 years from now and say, do you remember so-and-so when we were out on the porch that night? They're going to be like, no, I, I don't. And I'm going to be like, if, if they're already dead, then I won't have anybody to call at all. Like, they're all dead. And, and that <laughs> really hit me to think about how short life really is mm-hmm. and how you, you go through life working your entire life to make dollars. You know, be happy, speak yourself. And at the end of it, it's kind of just, you know, it ends. And you go, if you're religious, then you believe that, you you know, you have, you know, a a greater, you know, it's greater than anything here on Earth. Um, But when you start thinking about how your life on Earth is and how you live your life on Earth and how those people that have led this country to success over the years, when they die, new people are going to take over. To me, that just really gets me thinking. And that's really, uh, I think a lot of people make fun of me that are in our friend group because I'm so sentimental. Hmm. If we go somewhere, I'll keep something from that trip or I'll you know, take a picture of something crazy that happened at that trip. I'm so sentimental and I hold on to memories as long as I can. And uh, that's one of the things that I, I would advise everyone to do. Whatever you do in this life, whatever you do, whether you write, or you are political, non-political, whatever, you got to always remember the small things because one day someone, you're going to have a question and there's not going to be somebody there you can ask about what happened or what occurred. And that to me, is just just crazy. So,
1: yeah, I was going to say, uh, not to (laughs) get a little sentimental, but it it was, I, I recently heard this, um, he was a YouTuber and he got asked this question about what he wants about social media accounts. Uh, after if he, if he were to die, what he would want with people to have with his social media account, you know, turn it over, delete right. it, turn it, you know, what do they want to do with it? And, uh, it's, uh, it's one of those things. Like I know I I've lost, uh, some people that were close to me and, uh, mm-hmm. like it, it's, it's bittersweet now because I'll, um, you know, like I'll go through their Instagram, you know, feed of my buddies that I still follow or, uh, you know, like I have screenshots of old text messages or, you know, like all this stuff. And, uh, you know, it's really cool that to think that like in a, you know, if we think about all the garbage that happens on social media and how bad people treat each other, you know, just faceless people, you know, saying stuff to you, saying stuff to me, saying stuff to Turner, you know, that, you know, it's just such a nasty place. There's still just an, um, you know, those people with the, you know, building the pyramids didn't, you know, I, I would suspect don't have the same level of, uh, ability to, um, you know, keep record of good stuff. They couldn't take pictures of, you know, all this right. stuff and it was all kind of, you know, passed down by word of mouth. So it's, it's really a cool place that we're in, you know, as bittersweet as it is, um, you know, if I'm feeling sad, you know, about a buddy or missing him or something like that, I can pull up you know, just, you know, obnoxious stuff or, you know, yeah. obnoxious texts that he used to send me and, uh, you know, stuff like that and, you know, kind of relive, uh, you know, some stuff. Relive that moment. Yeah. And so I, it's amazing that it's like the same weapon can be utilized, right. you know, to destroy someone and, create so much animosity and just vomiting hatred at people and at the same time is just such a, a gift if you choose to use it that way you know
3: like to right and uh if you use it for good it can be a blessing exactly yeah. it can
1: get you a job I mean, at uh, <laughs>
3: working at Breitbart <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's <laughs> awesome Right. I mean it, it, it's crazy what it can do you know yeah. uh, and I, I try to keep it calm most of them I hate to get sentimental you know when we're sitting around but, um, you know, life's precious. you got to really cherish it because you never know when you could be taken out of it.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I've seen
3: yeah. it happen far too often. You mm-hmm. know, people, you know, that at my age, you know, they die in a boating accident a car crash. And, you know, I just think, you know, I thought about it the other day. You know, say I was to go to sleep tonight, die in my sleep. People are going to come into my room that next day, find me dead. They're going to have to go through all of my stuff. And I thought, you know, all the things that are on my phone, all the you know, like you said, my social media, yeah. all of that. So, I mean, I've actually, you know, I've written a letter, you know, saying exactly what I want to happen to, like, my accounts And it's got my passwords and stuff like that. Um, And I put it under my bed, you know. Because someone's going to find it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's in a lockbox, my lockbox. And my mom and dad know the lockbox. So, so you know, if something happens, they can get in there. Um, But, I mean, you just you just got to really cherish this life. And, you know, that's one reason I'm not so bitter on Twitter. I've never been a real bitter person when it comes to like attacking people uh, mm-hmm. for their opinions or anything like that, but um, I certainly see it. I see it every day when I log on people. You know, I don't take death threats so seriously. I used to. I used to be fearful of them, like, you know, is this serious? But I've come to learn that that's just something that comes with this career. It's getting crazy. It's gotten out of hand. People are literally, I mean, if you look at Andy you know the journalist um, that got attacked by Antifa, I won't go into detail mm-hmm. about all mm-hmm. that because I have my opinion How that happened, but uh, there was no need for what happened that day. Whether he was, you know, some people are saying, "Oh, he was looking for it um, to happen." Whatever the case, there was no reason that that should have happened that day. Yeah, Um, you just you got you got to watch your back. So you got to watch your back. You got to cherish this life, and you got to do good. Do good for yourself, wise words. So I mean, it's just it's one of those things. That's what I try to remember every day when I wake up. I wanna make people laugh, I wanna make people, you know, enjoy their time with me. And, you know, some days I wake up, I'm moody, I'm grumpy, something's happened, you know, that I have to cover and you know, just a crazy psychotic stories and I'm just thinking, you know, oh, this is really testing my limits today and, and people can tell when I'm frustrated. But I try to wake up every day with a clear mind and I try to treat every day differently. Because like I said, you don't know when you can be leaving this world. So
1: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, man, dude, thank you so much for uh, joining with us and talking with us, man. It was absolutely a a pleasure.
3: Oh, I I enjoyed it. You know, I don't, like I told you, I don't get to do many things like this where I can just actually be relaxed and enjoy it uh, because my life is all politics and no play usually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you seem like an excellent dude, man. If you're ever around and and, uh, you know you're going to be around where we are, we'd love to grab a bite to eat and hang out.
3: Oh, certainly. I sure will. I'm, I'm sure I'll be around, you know, I'm, yeah. getting me started now where I'm going to all different kinds of places. So. Awesome. Great. I'll
1: let you know. Cool. Well, uh, I was going to sum it up with, uh, I don't remember what I was just going to say. <laughs> so It wasn't that important. Uh, but, uh, yeah, thank you so much, man. And, uh, oh, yeah. uh, oh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, next time you want to talk, uh, you always got to have an open, uh, open phone line invitation yeah. <laughs> invitation <Okay>. to uh <laughs> yeah. come talk and maybe next time we can uh you know dive more into some of the the crazier stuff and uh you oh know, the yeah more I, th- you
3: know, I have a friend his name's josh he i told him that i would be doing this today and i told him that we might talk about conspiracies. And he's the main guy that loves this and he said <laughs> oh i mean i wish i could go in there with you and i said you know maybe i can convince him one day to let me have a guest on with
2: Oh, dude! That. Uh,
3: because, I mean, he will blow your mind. Some of the things that he says. I mean, he's you know, I'm not the smartest person out there, but I know a pretty good bit. And you know, he makes me sometimes just sit back and go, "Wow, I never thought about that." <laughs> so, but it's it's interesting. So yeah, I'm I'm sure you know. If you'll have me back, I'd love to come back.
1: Oh, absolutely, man.
0: Oh yeah, definitely, man. Well, well thanks for taking time to hang out with us, man. We really appreciate <laughs> it.
3: Oh, you're welcome. Thanks so much.
0: Yeah, right. and for all of our listeners, it's real Kyle Morris at Twitter. It's real Kyle Morris. Go follow him and enjoy his tweets. That's and all I'm going to say. Keep
1: up to date and remember that it's a real person, so
0: That's don't
3: right. Uh, right. think. right. Not fake Kyle Morris, it's real Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly.
1: That's right. So uh, th- maybe think twice before uh, you know you, you start throwing some don't words it. at people on That's the right. internet. That's right. Be nice. All right. So, <laughs> so thanks
0: Kyle. Thank you. We'll catch you next time, and we'll catch our listeners next times. Thanks for hanging out with us.
1: See ya. See ya.
3: Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us, or you can find us on Twitter at alloutwarcast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time you